Hello and welcome to In Star Trek We Trust. This week we will be discussing the Star Trek Picard episode number two entitled Maps and Legends. Then we will be discussing the Next Generation episode Measure of a Man. And after that we will be discussing the IDW series Star Trek Countdown. My name is Ethan and I'm joined as always by Kevin. And let's get into, Dive into it. it. So, uh... Maps and Legends. Maps and Legends. Um, you told me in text that you were not as taken with it as last week. Is that what I said? Something to that effect. Okay. Are you? Yeah. yeah. Um, not to put you on the spot. You can put but, me on the spot. I mean, you've got notes, I've got notes, but... Um, general, overall, high-level feelings first. I mean... Okay, high-level feelings are... I still am enjoying it. I want to see where it goes. For liking the mystery, I'm enjoying seeing <clears throat> Jean-Luc doing his yep. thing. I am... There was just some things that I didn't love, but none yep. of them ruined it for me this this episode. I'm getting... I know we're only in episode two. Yes. But the thing is, we have ten episodes this season. Mm -hmm. Now, don't mistake me, because I did like enjoy the episode. But at the same time... I found it just a tad bit frustrating because I'm thinking to myself, okay, let's let's get this going. Like, we still haven't even met all the main characters yet. He's still not in space yet. It's like, come on, guys. We got. I'm beginning to have that feeling I had in season two last year. I'm like, we only have so many episodes left. Like, let's get this going, you know? Okay. But Well, um, one thing. Remember, we talked about how, how much we would have liked to have seen the first season of Enterprise where they're all on Earth. I think Correct. this is True. our this True. is our Enterprise on Earth part. Well, and also like, and it is it is curious to me that given the fact that the show is renewed for a second season, you know, are they doing one story per season or is this continuing beyond the first season? Are they going to do something totally different in the next? You know, I don't know. So again, not only we're all, it's only the second episode, and I should reserve those judgments, but. Mm. Um, yeah, Akiva Goldsman was in the ready room, and he said the first three episodes were kind of like the pilot. So we kind of shed some light on how I was feeling in that sense. So okay, I yeah. think we did get a lot of movement. we did get a lot. Yeah, we didn't get the crew together and taking off yet, but no. we got movement in the plot. We were yeah. discovering the what he's up against. Right, and I guess I'll start with something that I didn't love. Okay, and what I didn't love is what he's up against. Yeah, I. I don't like the stakes in this show. I don't like that they're so big. Mm. I would, um, yeah, I don't like that they're so big. Well, they've got to be big. It's Star Trek. Every show that they focus, hold on, every show that they focus on, they're always the most important person in the galaxy at that point. I disagree. <laughs> no, that's what the show wants you to think. Next Gen and, and Voyager were not. Next Gen definitely was. Voyager, they were the only ship. They were the only Federation ship out there. Right, out there. Yeah. But they right. were sort of forgotten. Left for I disagree with you on the next-gen side of it. I think that we always got that they were sort of maybe the the coolest and best ship. The but there was a lot of other stuff happening. They're the flagship. Yeah, the flagship. Yeah. But what were they doing? You know, they were going and doing these little diplomatic missions. And they were hosting weddings. And, you know, do goofy little stuff. They weren't always... Stopping the Borg from assimilating Earth. Right, but... What was that? How long did that happen? Two episodes? Yeah, but it was a matter of several days. 
in yes, the show, in the but show's timeline. If they gave us an entire season of them stopping the Borg from assimilating, they helped. Right? They helped I the Klingons and Romulans. They helped the Klingons avert a civil war. Yeah, see, that's fine. Anyway, <laughs> I don't love the stakes. I don't love the stakes. Okay. Uh, Explain. I, so, I think it's just I'm getting from all sort of sci-fi or even superhero type of shows and media. I'm just getting yeah. tired of it's always the galaxy or universe that hangs in the balance. Well, I don't get that sense in this one, though. I don't feel like the galaxy is a hangs in the balance here's why i do think it does you have a covert romulan um secret cia that has infiltrated starfleet yep and is harvesting technology from the borg yeah and clearly has some hatred for but we don't know what the intent is yet we don't know are they harvesting that to are they going to try to assimilate earth I don't. Th- I would agree. I would disagree. I don't think we really know the stakes yet, because well, we don't know. Because sure. we don't know what the intent is. That's fair. But they've infiltrated Starfleet at the highest level. Yep. When they mentioned that Picard was going to get in their way, one of them immediately offered to kill him. Yep. So I'd have to assume that the stakes are pretty high. I don't know if the stakes are just. We just want to find new technology, man. We want to free the Borg, man. We want to help everybody out. Clearly but it's, not. Well, but it's Jean-Luc Picard. He's got his reputation precedes him. I think it's yeah. easy. I, I, I get it. I, I dis- But I respectfully disagree. Because, again, I don't think we know what the stakes are yet. All right. Well, yeah. we'll, we'll revisit this when we find out the stakes. And I think yes. they're going to be pretty enormous. Yes. We'll pour A1 sauce all over those stakes. And that's all we have for you this week, yeah, folks. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, well, I don't know how anyway, you know. anyway, anyway. Um, yeah, okay, fine. I'll let you go. I'll let you go with that, but... Um, yeah. <laughs> um... So, it's interesting to me that the that you, we have this now other version of the Tel Shiar called the Zadvash, as they establish. Yes, even more secret. Um, even more secret, but... I think that she makes a good point where she says that, um, like, yeah, you refer to the, the Tal Shiar as the secret police, but you could throw everything, you could throw the word secret in front of everything with regard to the Romulans. And it's true. What is Jacques Vash? A Tal Shiar myth. It's a kind of boogeyman they used to frighten new recruits and children. Please explain. Here in the Federation, you refer to the Tal Shiar as the Romulan secret police. But it's a bit redundant. You could put the word secret in front of almost any aspect of Romulan culture. I have heard, and I have reason to believe, that the Tal Shiar is merely a mask worn by another far older cabal. That before the Tal Shiar, there was the Jat Vash. Jat Vash is a term sometimes used to refer to the dead. The only reliable keepers of secrets. Ominous. No fitting, because that's the sole purpose of the Jatvash. To keep a secret so profound and terrible, just learning it can break a person's mind. It was actually it was in reading the comic yeah. that I felt I got what they were talking about there even more and seeing what Picard right. went through. We're going to get to the comic later. Right. Um... 
So that's a bit of an interesting thing. I mean, and I had to read the comic again to sort of remind myself because when I first started watching the episode and Picard's two roomies are like, oh yeah, we used to be Telshiar and we have all of these cool little gadgets. I thought to myself, why do you have two former Telshiar members living with you, Jean-Luc? What the fuck's going on? Mm -hmm. And at first I thought to myself, like, you know, am I I at some point going to have to worry about these two? Right. And clearly not. Clearly not. Because the comic saved them, and because again, the comic does shed some light on that, which again we will get to. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, but you know, going down my list, I mean, there's a there's a multitude of things, notes that I took, sort of in order. But um, starting off with the attack that we see on, we actually see the attack carried out on Mars, and one observation I made was um, the synthetic that begins the attack is named F8 mm-hmm. or Fate. A similar naming convention to B4. Mm-hmm. I just kind of want to throw that out there. Yeah, that's that's good. Fate. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty telling why that thing was probably called that. I mean, you could you could dissect that, you know. Oh yeah. So that's much. Good. That's yeah. good. Good note. Notice. Um, good symbolic notice. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think that that was you know we got to see a little bit of the life on the Utopia Planitia shipyards mm-hmm. and how they worked. Right. And the fact that they also did not get humor like Data. Right. And the skin color and eye color like Data. Yeah. So I think that leaves us to the, to wonder how far did Maddox or anyone get in their creation of, uh, you know, Data-like workers. Because yeah. clearly they didn't seem to be as intelligent as Data. Well, now tell me. I mean, is it established that this is the doing of Maddox? That these particular ones are the doing of... Him, like he actually made those i don't i mean so. last week we see the at the day institute we see what is left of yes. the robotics sort of assembly line as it was um so and that means we know that she was working with maddox yeah. so we, we can we can together. kind of extrapolate that that's probably what what yes. they were yeah yeah and maybe um, he never solved his um how he couldn't make the positronic brain work quite like data because he was missing one little bit of Well, I have a note on that when we talk out. about Measure of a Man, so okay. hold that thought. Um, but, again, it's not difficult to kind of extrapolate. Maddox probably went missing because of the resu- because of what happened. You know, he may have had some kind of a meltdown and, I don't know, <laughs> left out of fear or something like that. Or, like, maybe, the, maybe some of the sense took him. I don't know. But I have to imagine that his disappearance is obviously related to this attack that has gone down definitely and then yeah. later when we get the um the shadowy romulan infiltrators yeah they mention maddox yeah um as one of the many things that make picard a threat he mm-hmm. knows about the zod Baj, he mm-hmm. knows about maddox yep so clearly it's all coming together yeah what are your thoughts on the idea that there's no wrong that there's no artificial life within Romulan culture. I mean... Made sense. I'm still very confused, as I think everybody watching the show probably is, as to what the Romulans' beef with artificial life is. Right. I mean, despite that, though, it is established in the TNG episode, The Defector, that Romulan cybernetics have an interest in data. You're the android... I know a host of Romulan cyberneticists that would love to be this close to you. 
I do not find that concept particularly appealing. Nor should you. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to play into anything. Right. But Seems I think it was like just it some, I think it's just something to chew on. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Um yeah, I think the the one interesting thing with the Zodvage is that um as what is her name Lena or the Romulan? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. She she says the Zodvage can keep us they keep a secret so profound and terrible it will break people's minds. Mm-hmm. So I don't think just not liking our official life is enough to fit that. Right. So what could the secret so profound and terrible it could break a mind be? Yeah. I'm actually surprised that just given the fact that Romulus was destroyed, that the Zadvash even still exist. I mean, I don't know if the Tal Shiar still technically exist, but clearly the destruction of Romulus has not really had much of an effect on the Zadvash's existence, and they're still operating very easily. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they say it's been happening for hundreds of years, so... Yeah. Right, maybe given their clandestine, um, you know, nature of their group that they operate all over the, yeah, galaxy. Hmm. Um, well, that leads us to the investigation into the murder. Yeah, which I almost <laughs> was very upset at the just amount of suspension of disbelief I had to make, mm-hmm. but thankfully, it didn't matter in the end because when when um. They use the Romulan forensics. Yep. I just thought this is too much magical BS tech that I cannot follow. Right. This thing is going to scan the room and then it's going to recreate exactly what happened in the room before based on molecules. Right. Made absolutely no sense. There's no way that it's going to know what the people look like and where they were, what they said to each other. Come on. That's... Insanity. That's it's a classic example of the techno babble or the Star Trek technology advancing the plot. The tricorder advances the plot. The transporter works, doesn't work, as dictated by the plot. Yeah, but if she yeah. had a tricorder and just said, like, oh, clearly there was a murder here, there's tr- traces of blood, right? I'd be fine with that. There was that. something left But to say, like, here's a short movie, what happened? No good. But thankfully, <laughs> because it was wiped, that technology didn't lead them anywhere. So right. that was the only saving grace that if that had advanced the plot, I would have been felt sad inside. Yeah, your issue would have been like if they had used that and now this basically sets off the chain of events as we see throughout the rest of the show just because of this little thing. That was magic. Because that's going to be, because you know what, that, that would be one of those little pieces of technology that they would only use for that moment and you and you can think of like other moments like in the show like oh maybe it would have been helpful here or here but for Everybody some reason has. they don't use it because every time people... anything happens they're gonna be, well, there's a little magic this is thing. the thing that would have solved all the problems right yes yeah so yeah that i didn't like it and i'm so glad that it was not there um, well the thing that was confusing me in that scene i've got to say uh-huh. is when they were going through her personal assistant i had to watch it like six times how they were able to go through it and figure out and determine the ink proper tags that mistake that would have mistaken Vaj, da, excuse me, Dodge for her sister. Soji. Soji. Yeah, I was, I was like, confused what? too, and that yeah. almost seemed like they said it would flag it as an error. Right, but if everything has been devoid of its tags to search it, how could you search for errors or anything? 
Well, I don't get why it would search for her at all because it would wouldn't it clearly be I'm assuming what it means is it's when she was probably on a call with her it would have thought that the person she was talking to was her and there would have been some it would have thrown up some sure but error. here's but the by the 24th century they don't they haven't perfected facial recognition even in twins well I, I think though that's what they were saying that it would it would try to facially recognize yeah. but it would realize like would think it was her then it would realize it wasn't yeah, but they said last week that the two of them were not just identical, they were better than identical. Yes, that's true. But it, here's my question, right? Yeah. So I have right here in my notes, contact with sister question mark. Yeah. She didn't know she had a sister. Dodge didn't know she had a sister. Is that firmly established or are you just making an assumption? No, that's established. Do you remember the scene? No. <laughs> I mean, obviously from last week. Yeah, from last week. She didn't know she had a sister, as far as I know. Sanji knew she had a sister. Yes, I know. Soji. I know. I keep saying Sanji. Yes, Soji, Soji knew. knew she had a sister. Yeah. So, all right, so this leads me to my next thing. So the very next scene is to get the, the artifact, the cube. That's right, because she had the necklace and she said, my father gave this to me. Hmm. She didn't say her sister had one, did she? No. Well, it's kind of what she didn't say. I but mean, her sister I knew that her sister had one. Right. Soji knew that some she had a sister that had one. Mm-hmm. Dodge did not. Yeah, it's almost like because at that point, Bacot had already gone to the Daystrom Institute and the doctor had already said they're built in they're built in, in pairs. That's when he learned about there being two. But Dodge did not know that she was a cybernetic. Right, or she that she was, was part of a pair. She was activated. Well... As far as I know. But here's the thing. Dodge doesn't know that she's a cybernetic. She was sort of turned on. So the fact that she didn't know that, I think, could feed into the idea that she, her, that she didn't know that she had a sister. Hmm. But, so is Soji know she's a cybernetic? It's possible. Um, it's not, we don't, that's not really established. She just know she knows that she had a sister. Right. So here, all right. Yeah. So this leads me to about 10,000 questions I have about the artifact. Yeah. All right. The artifact being the board cube, by the way. Yes. Yeah. So it's called the reclamation. What is it? The, oh, the Borg Rec- Research Institute. Yeah. Who's running the Borg Research Institute? Where do those people come from? What is the status of the Romulans? Because you have people that I guess are humans, maybe from Earth, that are working yeah. at it. Does it have something to do with the Daystrom Institute? Do mm-hmm. they know that it's a Romulus, Romulan weapon? They clearly know that Romulans are in charge of it. Is it operating off the grid? Is it a clandestine thing? Yeah. Is it because it just seemed like a medical school where you just well in the first episode they go. I forget what the exact name of it was but when they take up the establishing shot they call it the Romulan I think they call it the Romulan Reclamation Site. Yes, and the, but they, and then they also call it the Borg Research Institute. Yeah, right. uh, Borg Reclamation Project. In this episode, they did. Yeah, and the Borg Research Institute. Okay. So. Right, so is is Soji thinks she's also a human from Earth? It's possible. I mean, we don't know yet. And so, are the Romulans still the enemy of Starfleet? The ones that are left. 
Yeah, because it seems like it's a collection of all these different species working on their researching this thing that's going on. Yes, but Romulans but are in charge. We yeah, that's well. I don't know if actually you're right. No, they are because they got you the see them from the, the Romulans. Yes, yes, they are. Who, by the way, that actor made a great Romulan. The one giving the tour, he had the spiky hair oh, yeah, and the yeah. shaved sides. Yeah, he, he had an extremely great. Final Fantasy like. Uh, yeah, he looked great. Um, um, so yeah, so another thing I think is troubling me here is that there's it's hard to differentiate the species. Mm-hmm. Because we've got Romulans that have Irish accents, and then we've got the sister has, speaks English. Yep. Everybody seems very Earth-like. All the humanoids seem very Earth-based to me. Yeah. Yeah, I can understand that. I mean, as has been the case with all Trek species in the past, but um, you know what would have happened if you made them more alien-like? They, fans would have flipped out. Okay. Um, and would have said it's in an alternate reality. But were you left wondering? No. About the Borg Research Institute. Well, like, yeah. how how does one apply to be there? Is it known? Is it sanctioned? Well, does Starfleet know about it? I mean, I'm curious, and my hope is that I'm going to have the answers to that by the time the season comes to an end. Yeah, I hope so too. It just um, it seemed very strange that it seemed like, all right, Borg are harvesting this thing for. Yeah. I mean, Romulans are harvesting this for Borg tech. Yeah. And yet, it seems like you have a bunch of Earth College kids showing up right. to well, I think, work on it. I think what you're saying is, it's sort of like this classic dilemma of, like, back when I used to watch Lost, right? Episodes spend more time, like, for every question they may answer, they raise, like, six more. And now we're just seeing the questions beginning to pile and pile up at this yeah. point. And nothing is really clear just yet. Right, and I don't think yeah. it's a... I, I'm going to assume that that will all be revealed because yeah. I'm not going to criticize it for not answering a question immediately. That's fine. Well, I want to ensure that it's revealed well because I don't want this to be something that's going to, you know, be written. What did you used to say last season? Ham-fisted. Yeah, I don't want ham-fisted writing. I don't want ham-fisted writing. Yes, or just yeah. never explain. Yeah. Because... Well, because the thing is, I think we're in better shape here, though, because we haven't necessarily identified... It's not like we identified plot holes. We're just more identifying. Um, there are more questions. There are more questions this time than there were last time. Yes, and, so, and I think that almost aggressively so. Aggressively so, yes, yeah. because I'm very confused by the Borg Research Institute. Right. And what the I want to know what the status of Romulans and the Federation are right now. Well, I think it would have been because you you just want them to kind of throw you a little bit of a bone. Like, don't tell me, but at least give me a little bit of a. Give me a little, give me a little tease. Give me a little something. No, I wanted to make sense because I'm left yeah. wondering. Wait, why are these Earth people here researching the board with Romulans? But that's what I mean, though. Like, makes no sense. So I want. I feel like that's some. I mean, unless that's intricate to the plot, I feel like that's something that they could. Oh, I think it's intricate. How could it not be? Because that's going to explain how Soji, why is Soji there in the first right. place? Is that intentional? Did they get her there Well, to... Again, I think my point is just that I would like to have just a little... Again, don't give me the answer, but just give me a little bit of a... Hmm. Give me a little tease. Throw me a, just throw me a tiny bone. Throw me some cartilage. <laughs> I want a, um, I want yeah. a femur. <laughs> yeah. So, but we'll find out. I mean, we've got eight episodes left. So. Hopefully. Um, again, but unless this goes into next season, who knows? But right. if this goes into next season, I'm going to be so frustrated. 
So then we're on the we're on the we get to see it's it's, it's interesting. Yeah, we get to see the um, what's going on at the Borg reclamation site, mm-hmm. and we get to see what Soji does for a living, which yeah. is she works in dismantling Borg and reclaiming them. Now, did you notice that at a point, and they even did say at the host, but he said you may see some former Borg around. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so they did have a close-up shot of one kind of just working. Yeah. So, that's well, interesting. Yeah, and that's, to me, is sort of setting up the appearance of Hugh next week, and then Seven of Nine. whenever Seven of Nine shows up. So. Right, and also, maybe this is when we'll get our name drop of Janeway. Maybe. Because Janeway now, is sort of the pioneer in reclaiming Borg. Now, you've given me the sort of context I wanted to sort of bring this up, but so in the other comic, um, the countdown comic for the 2009 film mm-hmm. that sets up the chain of events that lead to the, destruct- to, the, to the destruction of Romulus. Now, that comic I is not, I don't think is considered canon because they do some things that this sh- that this show kind of invalidates like for for example i'll just give you one but in that comic they established that data was the captain of the enterprise after picard data being before so in other words the comic establishes that data successfully transferred everything into before before essentially just became data but this show obviously contradicts that however now is this what i'm going to say canon who knows we probably won't i don't know if it'll establish it but Nero's vessel, Nero, who is the villain in the 2009 film, mm-hmm. the comic establishes that his ship was made from salvaged Borg technology. Okay. Yeah. Well, that fits. Yeah. Um, but it's during Somewhere. the time that's going back to the uh, destruction of Romulus, which, according to this, happened about almost 20 years ago. Right. So, but who knows how long they've been... Right, we don't know how long we don't know cubes. how long they've had that board cube there for. So yes, or but, other board cubes, who knows? But even so, like that's twenty a long time, twenty years of research for that thing. I mean, that's kind of a long time. But right, no, yeah. right. Um, so it's interesting to me though because one of the things that Narek says to one of the new guests, I believe she was a Trill, um, he talks about how. If a Borg vessel undergoes sub-matrix collapse, the collective basically severs its link with it and it becomes a graveyard. Yeah. Which, to me, obviously raises the question, okay, well, what caused that? Is that something we're going to find out about? Right. Or is it just some derelict ship? Was it just some derelict ship hanging out there that they decided to salvage? Right. You know? And I always thought, just based on the trailers, that <laughs> given the fact that Romulus was destroyed... They were sort of the Romulans were maybe reclaiming this, claiming this Borg vessel because they don't have anything else. Like they're using it to sort of, you know, readvance, if I can just make a board, sort of readvance their technology. Right. In a way, you right. know, so I don't know. Yeah. Do you think that that makes sense as far as what we know about Borg that when they get disconnected, they just shut them off and forget about them? Because I know the ones we've seen have always been, at least the ones that have got disconnected are always trying to get back. I don't think we've seen it from the other side. Right. I mean, there are a couple of Voyager episodes that go into this in flashbacks, but um, there was an episode where Seven, they, they do a flashback where there was a time where Seven of Nine was temporarily severed from the Collective with her small Unimatrix about the drones, and they were trying desperately to, you know, 
send out a distress call to get the Borg to come find them. But no, like it's somewhat in line with everything, like the Borg just severing their link and forgetting about it. But um, it's also a little conflicting too, right? Because they also, Next Generation kind of establishes that the Borg retrieve their dead. They retrieve their technology. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, for all we know, there could be a Borg invasion force on the way, and we just don't know yet. But, um, so, there are some contradicting elements, but yeah. it's not Picard that's really... Picard may be doing it, but Voyager is doing it, has done it as well. So, um, I don't know. I, I Hopefully, that that's, that's something that will... Yeah, because it immediately struck me as not in character with the Borg, but I didn't know yeah. exactly why. So you cleared that up for me, yeah. so that's cool. Um, yeah. The next scene I think that we have, if we're done with the Borg cube... No, we're not. We're not, because I have to talk about what the Ethan Peck looks like. <laughs> well, I mean, you kind of talked about that last week. Yeah, but he had more scenes now. <laughs> <laughs> it, he, he just irritates me <laughs> a yeah. lot. Yeah. Uh, how you feeling about I mean, um, Narek? I... I don't have many thoughts yet because I just I don't know what his deal is. He's in a British indie band, clearly. Right. That's his whole vibe. That's uh, what I'm I mean, he's a Romulan, obviously, but um, I. It's not clear to me yet what his intentions are. Like, yes, they they were trying to find Dodge, and. His sister, who, which we'll get to... When she said baby brother, I... I don't. Um, well, because her sister was saying to him, we were trying to capture her and interrogate her, but you... I, she didn't say this in these words, but they basically blew their cha- their yes. shot because they... Ca- so they're letting him try his technique, which is smooth seduction. But the thing is, I wanted to be like, well, your fucking guy spit venom all over her, for God's sakes. Like, That's true, too. That's, that's kind of your fault, not mine. So... Well, he might not know that. They're playing... They're playing... Well, he may not know. True. But they're playing this waiting game, and, you know, he's... It's almost like he's some sort of... You know... Like, some sort of... Uh, android, in a way... Or, no, sleeper agent, waiting to be turned on. Like, he's obviously trying to gain her trust, and yeah. then he's going to try to do something. So there is some Romulan interest yes. in... Yes. Well, they said... In her. He has a specific mission. They said, find out where the rest of her kind are. Right. Which, if she's anything like Dodge, she has no idea yeah. that she is even of that kind. And I think because they lost the other one, yeah. um, they, they kind of gave him well, a little more leeway to try seduction. And the thing is, where that fits, where the Borg fit into all of this, right. I mean, I understand your concern. Because this is how, again, this is how I was feeling with the whole Red Angel thing. Like, we're halfway in, like, there's still, you know, how is all of this going to come together? And granted, this is only... I don't feel only... that bad. Well, there's more of a, there's more, this is only the second episode. In that case, it was like four episodes left, right? Yeah. So... But I feel... Yeah. Things are like still I'm, coming I'm in together. Better, I feel in better hands in this show than in... No, I do too. I do. I do too. Um, but things are still, things are still coming together. The thing about it is that even though we're only in episode two, I feel like I feel like we we're in like episode eight. Right. Do we have a lot of? Because just because parts. so much is going on. Yes. Right. So. I agree. Yeah. Um, 
So, a couple of interesting things in their hot and heavy scene. Mm. Um, the Borg have bedrooms. Which I thought was funny. Well, they, they don't added, have bedrooms. They brought it in. But I like, think they added that later, yeah. <laughs> just to be on the Borg ship that day, where they bring the beds in. And just, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, just put it over there, next to the, uh, next to the alcove. Back in the corner over there, guys. Thanks. So definitely um, what I thought was... Yeah, so he's trying to find out where the others are. He doesn't seem to... I think he's starting to get that she has no idea what she is. Yeah. And here's my prediction. I think Narek's going to join the, the quote-unquote good guys here. Mm. And go against his sister. To help Soji. Yeah. Because Narek was introduced last week very ominously and you think to yourself, okay, well, is this is this our bad guy for the season? Right. Um, but then when you see him compared to his sister and the other yeah. lady, he seems more tame. So it could go either way, but I, I would like to see him not just be a oh, villainous dude. And I have to say, Picard is keeping in line with Star Trek and having these corrupt bad admirals, even though one was a Commodore. But... Yeah, but man, they went way... Uh, that they went way too far with it, I think. In what sense? The fact that there was two of them. When I met the Commodore. Yeah. Well, and the com- then come here, my secret Romulan that's been surgically altered to look human agent. That was so, just too much. Becoming a corrupt admiral starts at a Commodore because that's one rank below admiral. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why that's why Picard's on the outs because he was an admiral. He wasn't corrupt. Hmm. The I mean, and Admiral Cornwell wasn't bad either. It seemed like she died, and she died. It seemed early on like she was there was something up with her, but um, she turned out to be awesome. Yeah, she turned out to be fantastic. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I've been seeing online too that this whole scene with Picard and the Admiral when she says, "What does she say?" Sheer fucking uh, hubris. Hubris. Yeah, it's not getting a good response. <laughs> but. Okay, I get that. But I, I do think that he was filled with sheer fucking hubris for him to walk back in right. after all that and just say, here's what I need. Give me a ship. Give me a crew. I'll even take a demotion. Like, the balls of that guy. Yeah. The balls. He he basically wanted the Kirk method. He wanted to get demoted from Admiral to get a ship back. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But... Just an observation. I know this is more of a canon connection, but it seems like Picard's going to be doing the same thing that Kirk did in Star Trek Three. He's going to Starfleet for help. Starfleet says no. Yeah. So he's got to figure this shit out on his own, get his own crew, get his own ship, and right. Go I on. do. I do really like the fact that they say you need a crew. Talk to. Yeah. Riker and for the Forge yeah. and whatnot, and and I like that they address it. He says, you know what? They probably would do it, but I don't want to put them through that. Mm-hmm. That was good. I'm glad that they yeah. acknowledged that because. Yeah. Because we're probably asking as viewers, like, well, go to your, yeah, go to your friends. Right, which would have made a terrible show, honestly. <laughs> Do we want to see the next-gen crew as, as Rebels? No. Well, then, but, but again, then you would have been totally copying Star Trek Three because that would have been the exact same, right. the exact same thing. Yeah. Yeah. But think about it. Picard is getting getting crew, we, Starfleet's not listening to him, getting crew, to go out and search for data. Well... The show is becoming Star the Trek, the search data. for data. Yeah. Right. Or the search for some or the, or the search for remnant something, of yeah. data. Yeah. Do you think data is floating around control-like right now? I think I mentioned this last time, too. Oh, God, I hope not. Data's consciousness is being control-like, and it's in there, and it's bouncing from 
But then, oh, there's no way Data yeah. made I hope not. made um, F8 kill, destroy the, the planet, the Utopia yeah. Planitia shipyards. I don't believe Data would have done that. No. I don't know. Like, I, I, I mean, again, that's a question the series, that's been brought up on the show and the series has to answer. But Yes. Um, it, the fact that Data was on the scimitar and Nemesis and the fucking thing exploded, you think, well, what the hell's left? He was incinerated. Right. Yeah. But again. Unless he put himself into the D4 and the D4 plugged into a like R2-D2 style into a port in the wall and then put data into it. Well, don't forget. Okay, don't forget that data is inside of D4, but they said the transfer was not entirely successful. Right. So there could be some semblance of him in B4. Right. That they Except used. for the parts where the B4 wasn't advanced enough to deal with. Right. Because in Nemesis, when... I watched a little bit of Nemesis this morning, and when they... In the scene where they're transferring Data's memories into B4, I mean, B4 is still not... The thought was that when they transfer everything from Data into B4, B4 would essentially become Data. And it would be another Data. But he wasn't able to do that. And as this show establishes, it's because the transfer wasn't 100% successful. Which does call into question, wouldn't they have known that in Nemesis? But Right. Yeah. Right. So, but I think next up, we've, successful. we've got the scene with the evil... Now, is she a Romulan? The Commodore? Commodore O? Uh... She's a Vulcan, it seems. She's a Vulcan because she was sitting... I have to assume she's a Vulcan because they have the... Right, because I don't think there's any Romulans in Starfleet. Well, no, but even when she was sitting at her desk, they, she had an Idic okay, symbol good. on her desk. So That makes much more sense. Yeah. But we pretty much know that the her undercover agent must be Romulan, right? Because her brother's Romulan. Yep. Yep. But Romulans and Vulcans look so alike. No. Well, how do you tell the difference? Well, Next Gen sort of, and this show's doing it a little bit. Next Gen establishes that the Romulans, even though they are sort of an offshoot of Vulcans, the Romulans in Next Gen had some had like a V-like forehead ridge. Yeah, and you see it on this show. Does Narek have it? He's got hair over his forehead, <sighs> like I do. <laughs> Too floppy. So you can't hair. see. You can't see it. Yeah. Yeah, but. Even though we didn't discuss the episode, I think you just brought it, you brought up just one thing, and you said you couldn't wrap your head around the logic between like the full when somebody just goes full on like Ash Tyler and just really commits to being a full on human, but he's got the and this one is just a holographic change of the ears. You couldn't. You're like, um, what was that line? Like, oh, you know, they take a human and they, you know, they they go into him and they perform surgery and they yes. turn him into a human. But in this case, all they do is just cut down the ears. Cut down the ears, yeah. And they paint, they change your eyebrows, right? And you said if they have a V on their forehead, it's still much less, much very minor. Maybe it's because now, at this point, they don't have to go as far as they did with Tyler. They can just do it holographically. I don't think it's holographic. Or not holographic, but whatever. Uh, I think cosmetically. Cosmetically, thank yeah. you. Um, yeah, so that's that's one of the interesting things, though, that I why I think Narek might help because yeah. he's full of shit because <laughs> he clearly he's enjoying himself with yeah. Soji, 
right? Mm. But then when he's talking to his sister, he gives her a hard time. Oh, yeah, you're round ears. I don't understand it. It's like, you're banging a human right now. Come on. Yeah. You're probably licking those round ears. Well, the thing is, though, even with his sister, like, she could have just hidden the forehead ridges and pretended to be a Vulcan. Yeah. And could have kept her ears. All right. What's that about? I don't know. Maybe she just wanted to look like a human. I don't fucking know. Yeah. See? We're questioning fictional technology. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So they start off and they're like, the hermit of Labar is back. That was funny. I assume yeah. that's his his town or whatever where his vineyard is, the yeah. hermit of Labar. Um, yeah. I mean, this just, uh, I don't want to say it was jumping the shark, but it, it just, I mean, what is up with Starfleet? She's so brazenly operating right in her office in the compound. Just come on in. We're going to discuss our evil plans out in the open in our compound. Yeah. I'm going to say how you're undercover. I'm going to say how we're going after this woman. I'm going to say how we're going to take out Picard. You're going to talk about killing Picard right out in the open. I have to assume there are some recording devices somewhere. Right. Like no security cameras? Yeah. yeah. At first I just thought, please God, make them not be Section 31. And I don't think they are. Yeah. Thank heavens. But well, hold boy, on. that would be rough. I think we, we did gloss over one thing. So, they do establish that with Dodge, and this would apply to Soji as well, that her identity was built all at once. Yes, three years ago. Yeah. All right, the whole scene with the like, blondie. What's her name? The blonde doctor? The doctor, yeah. Um, like, what the fuck's up with that? Bruce and Data were friends, after a fashion. If Bruce is using Data's neurons to make more synths, it would make sense to model them after the painting Data made. Indeed. I also did a little digging into Daj Asha. You're right. She was accepted at Daystrom. In fact, she was a perfect candidate. In hindsight, a little too perfect. Her credentials were bogus. It's more insidious than that. I checked with Regulus. Their records show she was enrolled there and her grade transcripts are on file. So she was what she claimed to be. She was a complete work of fiction. There's no record of her having actually attended our 3SA. I, I, I'm no forensics maven, but my sense is that her entire identity was built all at once about three years ago. By whom? Bruce Maddox? He certainly had the ability. Motive? I don't know. People in the synthetic humanoid field tend to get a little secret plan-y. Yes, right, so that's why it leads me to be like... Well, My notes are all questions. Is the sister in the same state? Is the sister also only three years old in her... Well, they're both in twins, in pairs, so yeah. Well, maybe. <laughs> but maybe whatever the sister's reality is, or backstory is real, Yeah. and they only change Dodge's, because mm-hmm. we don't know that Dodge knew about the sister. But the sister knows about Dodge, so how right. could that be? Yeah. Um, this is an interesting thing. Now, tell me if I'm right here. What's the? Do you remember the blonde doctor's name? So she says, Bruce and Data were friends after a fashion. I'm going to start using that term, after After a fashion. I wouldn't. Um, (laughs) But, so, that's some new information. Yeah. Now, we were about to talk about Measure of a Man. But at the end of Measure of a Man, Data does say, keep up your work. When you're ready, I'll still be here. I'll still be here. So, it sort of makes sense. But But he wasn't. that means he could have gotten a lot more information technology whatever from data well that's the thing so i think we're making an assumption that maddox built all of these after the fact like after data died like picard's making an assumption that 
did some part of data survive right if they were friends maybe he gave him the little maybe he of- helped him yeah or told him, go find my brother Lore. He's over there. <laughs> yeah. So I think we're we're kind of I think we're kind of making an assumption that some aspect of data survived because that's a question that Picard posed last week. Right. When that may not even be the case. Right. Yeah. Um, and then they they talk about how Dodge's identity is fake. Yeah. And that leads us to wonder: is the sister's identity also fake, or mm. were they both created three years ago, or is this something else as far as the date? Maybe. Dodge was wiped or something. I don't know. Yeah. So we don't know, and there are a lot we of don't questions. Know. There's a lot of questions. I feel okay on, about yeah. the questions. Yeah. Well, again, I mean, we're not. It just goes to show you that we're that invested in all of this, and you know, obviously, we haven't. It's not like we found plot holes or cracks in all of this. We're just we're asking a lot of we're asking a lot of questions, which is what the show obviously wants us to be doing. Yes. Yeah. So, um, my last sort of note on the episode itself is I feel like it did end rather abruptly. But to your point, I think it was just because I was so invested that it didn't seem like like I just sort of lost track of the time. But it, to me, it just felt like there just needed to be like one more scene between Picard and Rizzo just to kind of seal the it's deal. Because we but, only got the one scene of them together. Right. Very short. Yeah. She so essentially just agreed to talk to him. Right. Which so they're probably just gonna pick up on on it first scene next week probably right. but we'll yeah it did it did have kind of an abrupt ending I and think. we'll probably have the assembling of the crew next week yeah I would assume yeah um so that should be fun um yeah so it's it's you know according to Akiva Goldsman we're still sort of in the pilot phase of the show so because as he said on the ready room it's it's a uh, the pilot is kind of the first three episodes. Yeah, what it probably so, means is establishing yeah. the mystery, getting the crew together, and then setting out on the adventure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my worry was that, you know, reviews for the show early on were saying that the show is kind of a slow build. And while I think that's fine, you only have... again And again, I'm making an assumption that this plot's going to be wrapped up by the end of the season, and next season we'll be oh, on to so. something else. You only have a limited amount of time to tell this story. So even though it's a slow burn, make it an effective... Right. I think my prediction on it is we will have a large portion of the mystery as we know it now solved, quote unquote solved, by the end of the season, but it will reveal something else that then the next season will go into. Yeah, like it'll happen sort of in phases, right? Like it could be this is like chapter one of like a greater. Yeah, so they may maybe yeah. they'll find Maddox at the end of this, and they'll get part of partially answers, but then he'll yeah. let them know that like, oh, there's more at work here, and then that'll be the next right season. something like that. And the season will end with them going off to the what to what the next half of this mystery is, which could begin at Deep Space Nine. <laughs> sure, I'm hopeful, man. I'm hopeful. Um, so yeah, I think overall good episode. I'm just. Uh, like I'm left with it like I was last week. I want I want to see more. I so want you to want see, to more. see more? more. Well, that too. I want to see more. Okay. Yeah, I want to see more. So, so moving on to uh, Measure of a Man. Next time on Star Trek: The Next Generation. It's unjustified. It's unfair. He has rights. A Starfleet experiment threatens to dismantle data for android research. And what's at stake? My very life. No, Captain Picard is Data's last hope for survival. What is he? A machine. 
And now a man will shut it off. Objection. On Star Trek, the next generation. So I watched this this morning. We kind of decided at the last second, let's watch Measure of a Man and see if we can yes, find any sort of commonality. So. Now, we did just discuss it two episodes ago, so we're not going to do a whole big right. re, re, rerun through, but we're going to talk about We discussed it a few weeks ago, but we that was obviously before the show premiered. Now we're sort of seeing the kind of... We're trying to find the uh, connective tissue. I mean, you obviously got made a good choice because we didn't realize it was going to be connected. So... Um, it's interesting to see the parallels between the yes. Picard and Measure of a Man. So, in the beginning of Measure of a Man, we're not going to go through the, we're not going to give a play by play on the episodes. I just, I just took notes and made observations, mm-hmm. and they could be interpreted in many ways. So, um, Data learns about bluffing in the opening teaser with the card game, with the card just game. like Picard opens with the card game. Yep. 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 And what what he learns about it is, um, he says it's most illogical that you would bet when you can't win. And then Riker says, but I did win. Yeah. Uh, one thing I would say about Riker is that Riker is insufferable in this scene. <laughs> okay. Here's why, right? They're playing cards, and he's got his, like... Being a little bit of a jerk. Yeah, he's he's doing his poker face, right? And he's so yeah. into it that he's, like, not going to break it. Because, like, I'm, I'm, I'm a card... Car, he's one of those people that just would be like, card playing is serious. Mm. And uh, even though Data clearly has never played cards before, and he's clearly like asking questions and yeah. he's being a goofball, Riker just is having none of it. Yeah. Are you in or you out? You know, like he. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Next observation I, I made like was that. I don't like him. Next observation I made is Bruce Maddox first evaluated Data when he applied to Starfleet Academy and was the sole member of the committee to oppose his entrance on the grounds that he was not a sentient being. Yep. You were nodding. Did you have that note too? No. Yeah. So, um, again, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, what I noticed is that uh, Maddox had built a positronic brain. He had built. He had already built a positronic but brain. But he had not mastered one bit of the tech that he needed data to mm-hmm. figure out. Yeah. That could, and that that aspect of. Um, when Picard's saying, could some aspect of Data had survived? That could be it. That could be what... Right. Yeah. And he could have gotten it while they were friends. Depends I do like that Picard is um, the... Uh, what is her position? Picard's old rival slash... Oh, she's the uh, JAG officer in that sector. Oh, yes. Yeah. Philippa. Yeah, Philippa. Um, she talks about Picard. Overt sentimentality is not one of... His- Captain Picard's failings. I think it has become one of his failings. Yeah. Yeah, Picard it is one of his failings. He's very um, sentimental. Yeah, so Maddox obviously became a student of Data's creator, Dr. Noonien Soong. He, as we just said, created a positronic brain. The scene between Picard and Guinan I think it's very important. In tenfold I think it's very predicts telling. everything that happened. Pretty much. I mean so Guinan talks about having a whole race of androids built by Maddox. A whole race of disposable people. Mm-hmm. Because they do the dirty work that others don't want to do. And That's actually what's happening on uh, Mars. That's Yeah, at least that is the appearance of that. Yeah. Um, you know, Picard goes to, the, you know, you could say goes to the extreme and refers to it as slavery, even though Guinan says, I think that's a little harsh, and he says no. Right. I mean, 
I guess by definition it is the def- it is what slavery is, but that's yeah. not if they are truly sentient. It's not the intention, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But that's also interesting too because if that is the case, and we don't know the status of um, yeah. since like F eight, but yeah, you know there were slave revolts where the slaves essentially knew they were not going to win hmm. the revolt. It was a very little chance that they would come out triumphant, but they did it anyway. Or even the the stories of um, uh, enslaved Africans that jumped from the ships on the way yep. from Africa because they rather than live in, in in bondage, they would rather just die in, in the ocean. Mm. So uh, potentially more parallels. And Picard makes an interesting comment: children are built from the building blocks of their parents' DNA. Mm. You know. Data doesn't have DNA. Right. Not in the traditional sense. Right, right. Yeah. Um, Yes. I like during the trial Mm -hmm. when um, I I really, Picard, he's a great lawyer also. Yeah. How he uses what he packed to prove Mm -hmm. if he's just a machine, why is he bringing all these things? Um, When he took out the little hologram of Tasha Yar. Yeah. I swear they cut to Riker and he hung his head in shame and I swear he was thinking like I didn't bang her and he did <laughs> that's quite a leap <laughs> well you know I don't like Riker so I put all these do you not like Riker at all or just in this episode you seem to hate you seem to think he's a scumbag in this episode I don't like him a lot of the time something about him he's very um, right. you know he's kind of he's kind of full of himself you know, all right. And you know how he likes. He's trying to. Riker was seduce meant, everyone. Riker was meant to be sort of. Riker was kind of meant to be the sort of Kirk of the show, at least early on. Yeah, I like Kirk though. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, who does good? You don't like good. You don't like people impersonating other people. You know, they're never gonna. Uh, yeah, I don't know. He's just always trying to seduce everybody. And yeah. anyway, so yeah, I saw that he saw that as his personal failure that he did not seduce Tashiar, and Data did. Yeah. And I say good for you, Data, mm-hmm. bad for you, Riker. Um, but those are my notes. I mean, those are the things that at least jumped out at me. But, oh, yeah. Well, one yeah. more that I have is it, it's interesting that um, Philippa says, does he have a soul? Yeah. Strange that that's the question. I don't know that he has. I don't know if I do. I don't know that I have, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so so what are you saying to us? Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then, of course, when he set, goes over to... Um, Maddox says, when, when you are ready, I will still be here. Oh, I do like, yeah, that he says, uh, Data says at another point, um, essentially Maddox doesn't know enough to do this experiment. He, he, he just is too ignorant to do it. Yeah. Uh, that's what I noticed. I find this to be an extremely interesting episode to base this entire series around. Wow. I mean, it's a very deep cut. It's a very deep cut continuity. But it's, I don't know, I, I, I think it's one of the best known episodes it is it definitely is I just and this is one of those things that gives me hope in the sense of I mean I know I've said I'd like to see Deep Space Nine on the show just for an appearance or like this character or that character and the fact that they're going into this almost nondescript episode of Next Generation. Like, they could have, out of 178, they chose that one, and they chose the character of Bruce Maddox, 
who was seen once and referenced one more time. But other than that, just shows me that no canon from the from the canon is really off the table. Like they're willing to just, you know, grab anything. Right, and yeah. I think it's a great way to build the show. Really, yeah. But because it would have been strange to not deal with Data's death in the show. Yeah. And if you're going to deal with Data's death, it also makes sense that you would deal with Data's life. Yeah. So I think. I think it's very well well crafted in that sense. And it does make me wonder, I mean, how this would play for somebody who is not familiar with Next Generation. I think, because I kind of alluded to this last week, despite the fact that we sort of know the history of this beforehand, you know, we know what happened in Nemesis. We knew what happened in Star Trek 09. We knew what happened in Measure of a Man. Granted, we may be more familiar with the backstory, but we're still asking questions, but we're asking different questions than somebody who would not be familiar with all of this. In other words, it still works, but we're sort of looking at it from a different lens, right? Like our knowledge of the background of all of this is helping us to inform what our theories are going to be versus somebody who has never seen it before and probably yeah I do think though that they do it's subtle but you would get the broad strokes of Measure yeah. of a Man and whatnot if you right paid very close attention to Picard I think mm-hmm. but like when they introduced Bruce Maddox at the beginning at, that's true in, in last all we know week. is as a scientist that worked with since that's right it. and for somebody who's not familiar with that episode or even you know Bruce Maddox is introduced to them just as a random dude but we're like oh like oh we know who that is right yeah so what's going on with that so even for viewers that don't know he's introduced as a missing scientist that potentially is important because he works with sense and his disappearance seems to be a mystery Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah, they make him important enough to the plot of the mystery yeah but we have yeah it's a little deeper backstory yeah and i mean it goes and you know i'm not saying anything you know, crazy here because this applies to all kinds of things. But if you're a fan and know the history, there's obviously much more meat on that bone for you than if you're not. Yes. Yeah. So, so what we call an education is it's activating our prior learning, and it's always a more rich experience when your prior learning is being activated. We are since, and we're being activated. Well, certainly so. Um. Cool. So, to wrap up. Um, wrap up the IDW. IDW. So, I yeah, I read all three, and yes, did I? They were interesting. I mean, I don't feel like it. It's an interesting backstory. It's still there's still several things that are left unanswered for me, like why, you know, obviously why is Picard's first officer? Why you know what caused their falling out? The comic doesn't go into that, but right. so, the comic. But but the thing for the listeners to know is yeah. that the first officer in the comic is um, Picard's first officer that he contacted in this episode. Yes, so brought the wine to her, whatever her name. To is. kind of uh, to kind of give an overview for those who have not read the comics is it's a three part comic series published by IDW that kind of sets up the events just before what Picard was doing. Before all of this happened. During the evacuation. Yeah. Or lead so, up to the evacuation. 
situation. He, Picard was a admiral. He had his own vessel, the USS Verity. He was no longer aboard the Enterprise. And he was sort of helping to oversee this Romulan evacuation. Yes. Well, Geordi George... was building and designing, I assume, and building the evacuation ships Correct. on Utopia, Utopia Planitia. Planitia. Yeah. So Picard goes to this um, one of the planets in the Romulan system that's just on the outer edge of where the shockwave is going to hit. And is getting ready to evacuate them. But then it gets into this whole ethical debate with some of the Romulans on there because there's, there's this other species on the planet mm-hmm. that the Romulans consider as slaves. They're not Remans. Right. But they're just... Not quite slaves. It, not, it, it, they're it doing the work that they don't want to do. Yeah, but it's a very direct parallel to European imperialism in yeah. Africa and Asia. Yeah. Where, and they even use the same justification. They say, well, we brought civilization, so the least they can do for us now is all the dirty work. So right. I really like that. It was a fun, direct um, parallel to the and reasons so it, for uh, colonization. And so because the Romulan, so because Picard didn't know about them due to the Romulans' secrecy, he now realizes that the evacuation is probably now twice as big as what he originally thought it was going to be, and they don't have More enough than shit. That. Yeah. It goes from about like 100,000 to... Five million, something like that. Yeah. Um, and and um, I like that they say, "Well, why would you evacuate them? It would be as silly as evacuating the the sticks or the rocks from this planet." Yeah. So they are very, very um, um, aggressively racist. Right. And then, you know, obviously, debate ensues. They try to take over the Verity. Yeah, I guess their reason. whole plan always was to take over the ship. So we get a For great almost sense. no reason though. Like it didn't really. Wait, what good would that do them? Yeah. But it, it's interesting because it shows us a lot that the Romulans, many of them, did not even trust that this evacuation was a sincere right. attempt to help them. They saw it, a lot of them saw it more as some sort of a trick or some right. sort of a trap or some way to take them over. But it introduces us to Picard's roommates. Yes, his, his roommates, roommates on the yeah. on Chateau Picard. Um, who, as the comic establishes, works for the Tal Shiar. And they're the ones... So the... You know, Picard gets captured, thrown into a cell. They come, the two come and rescue him and um, Picard and his first officer, right? Yeah, they're both down there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they realize that, you know, once they get out, Picard says, well, you're now going to be extremely sought after. People are going to be looking for you. You need to come somewhere yeah, you're safe. you're going to have to go into hiding. Go into hiding. Rather than do that, come to... with me. And they already were on a vineyard on this planet. Correct. So they already were yeah. vintners. Um yeah, it was a nice. It was a. It was a. You know, to say what you always say, it was. It was fine. Yeah, it was a nice side story that we didn't need, but was enjoyable to read. Yeah. So I recommend um, reading it. I mean, it could have been a story just, just as easily told, like in a short trek. Would have been right. a good short trek. A little bit more condensed, obviously, but. Um, but yeah, it was a good story. It, 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 it. I would have loved that as a short trek, animated. Yeah. I mean, it fleshes some things out, but I don't think that it really. I mean, I look at I look at the people living with Picard slightly differently now, but not. It's just like oh, because I know how they wound up. I I know okay now I know how they wound up there because that was kind of a question, but yes. But the thing is, like, the show is kind of. Unless they allude to it in the show, the show's not really trying, attempting to explain that to you. Right. We, we can just assume, well, he yeah. helped He helped to try to save the Romulans, so these Romulans clearly are grateful for that. Yeah. And that's partially why they're there. And that's all we really needed to know, I guess. Yeah. So, um, a good comic. I mean, I'd recommend it if you're curious. I, it, sort of, it sort of has the... Um, it sort of has the Rogue One approach, where, like, it's a... 
if you want to see it just out of curiosity to see how the story unfolded great definitely recommend it if not you're i don't think you're really missing out on anything right I, yeah. but here's one thing i would like to see more from idw set in this time period of yeah pre-picard picard i would totally read that yeah same um so yeah definitely it's called countdown it's uh the last issue the third issue came out on the 30th, I believe, January 30th. And it's a series of three comics. So definitely pick them up. I'm sure there will be a compilation of them. Yeah, they'll probably be combined at some point. At some point. Um, before we wrap up, the last bit of news I wanted to bring up last week, which I forgot about. Um, so before the series premiered, it was announced that um, Patrick Stewart asked Whoopi Goldberg on the air on The View to come on to the show for next season. So Guinan is going to be returning for the second season of the show. Um, do you have any That's cool. thoughts on that? Yeah. I think Guinan's a good character. And plus, after rewatching Retro of Man and seeing her connection to this story makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And, you know, Picard often got a lot from his conversations with Guinan. So yeah. I think yeah. it, it will be interesting to see. Hmm. It'll be interesting to know, again, if this story plays into the next season. Is she going to be a key part of the storyline? A key part of the storyline for whatever happens next season? Or is she just going to appear maybe a couple of times? But, yeah. Right. Yeah. Anybody's guess. I hope we get a nice, deep conversation. Yeah. Because that's what I think we're always the best with Picard and Guinan and Tuck. Well, it better happen at a bar. Yes. He, he he had a... He should have been at Quark's bar. He had an interesting respect for her more than a lot of the characters. Where... Well, they have a very deep relationship. And yes. it's not really known how far back their relationship goes. I mean, I've heard Whoopi Goldberg say at a panel at a convention one time that she said... She's like, for all we know, like he could be... Or she could be like Picard's great 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 grandmother or something like that. They could be related in some way. Oh yeah. Um, I don't think because it's heavily in that kind of nepotism. Well, but it's heavily suggested that Guinan is very old. I mean, mm-hmm. you see her in Times Era, which dates back to the 1800s, and that's yeah. you know 500 years before Next Generation. Right. So, but if you notice that every female character that comes into next generation picard has a long history with even the in a way even philippa on measure of a man there's always john luke oh you and then you know the sexual tension with every single one of them too Um, uh, oh so i'm sorry i forgot about one more thing so um one more thing to discuss for me um the canon connections Mm, yes Yes, so forgive me go so All right. So, let's see. Well, I kind of mentioned two of these, so most of these, but one small observation I could make. Yeah, I pretty much mentioned all of these, but um, the house, Rafi, Picard's first officer, is located at the Vasquez Rocks, which is an often used exterior location in Star Trek. The desert. Oh, that's okay. where Kirk fought the Gorn. Yes, of course. That's where that's that set has been Vulcan. You know, it's been a it's been a bunch of different things. Nice. So that was a nice little nod. That is great. Um, oh, I could bring up another one related to that. Is that when they're talking about the different um, 
civilizations, they talk about the Gorn hegemony. Yes. And hegemony is a great word that I love, and it just means, for anyone that doesn't know, dominance. So, like, a dominant force. Yep. So they could say, a lot of people say now, like, the United States is culturally hegemonic over the world. But So it's interesting. So they would not be ruling it directly, but they would have a strong yeah. influence over all of it in the Gord hegemony. And I mentioned this, Nero's ship in Star Trek 09 is established to have been built from Borg technology in the other Countdown comic. Um, once again, we have corrupt Starfleet authorities uh-huh. um, and I you know and I the other observation I'll make I think Picard taking matters into his own hands because Starfleet won't help him is similar to Kirk's actions in Star Trek 3 the search for Spock so mm-hmm. um, yeah so this is sort of a new segment I'm going to be doing every week I want to try to find connective canon tissue every mm-hmm. week so is this the first time we've heard about the Gorn hegemony have you ever heard about a greater Gorn civilization um, maybe. I mean, we know who the Gorn are, obviously, but um, I think maybe you've seen it like on like, star charts and stuff like that. But I don't think I don't think it's ever been a spoken line before right. um, that I'm aware of. So, um, yeah. So, cool. Well, that'll do it. Yeah, for this thank week. you for listening and uh, review us or. Tweet us whatever you want. At start. At start, and he's out of the room. At uh, Star Trek, we trust on Twitter. So we'll be back in one week. <laughs> <laughs>